This week on A Lively Experiment, what will a White House whistleblower and the transcript of a phone call mean for President Trump? And Governor Raimondo bans the sale of E-flavored cigarettes. A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by... For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us this week, attorney and former prosecutor Eva Marie Mancuso, Bob Wagan, former U.S. congressman and former state representative Joe Trillo. Welcome, everyone. It is great to have you with us this week. Donald Trump became the fourth president in history to face an impeachment inquiry by Congress, something that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has resisted for months. The tipping point, the release transcript of a phone call the president had with his Ukrainian counterpart. Um, Joe, I know as the uh, chairman of the Trump campaign in Rhode Island, former chairman, former chairman, we'll get to you in a moment, but I want to begin with the historian. <laughs> 20 years ago, you sat through this with President Clinton from your seat in Congress. So before we get into the nuts and bolts, give the audience a feel for now that they've decided with the inquiry, it's not an impeachment yet, where do we go process-wise? Well, first of all, even before process, I would tell you that this, no matter what side you're on, Democrat or Republican, this is going to be a very divisive kind of issue. It, it just happens that way. Process-wise, what will happen now, the way it's been laid out by the Speaker of the House, she's assigned that the review will be done by six different committees. And so each one is reviewing, whether it be judiciary, intelligence, et cetera, government reform and others. They'll be reviewing information and taking testimony and looking at evidence that they may gather. More than likely, although she hasn't said this specifically, she's going to take all that information and bring it back to her. And then perhaps she will submit articles of impeachment that would be submitted to the House of Representatives for action by the members of the House. But government never works quickly. And no. then you have the primary season coming up. I mean, would does this just last into the spring and into the summer? Wouldn't you think they'd want to be on a tight pipeline and keep a tight rein? The calendar is going to be very critical for all of this because, as you said, it's before an election. But... The impeachment of uh, Bill Clinton started in October of 1998. By February 1999, it was over with. So in four to five months, it was done. I have the sense they're going to try to expedite this as fast as possible as well. Joe, I've heard a lot of people say, here we go again. Uh, where's the beef? I think whenever you come out so early as the Democrats did on this whole issue. They said before they had all the facts, we're going we're gonna to start this impeachment inquiry. They've been looking for an excuse to, 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 to dig into to go after Trump. They've been doing this since the day he took office. So this is just nothing new. It's just their new routine because everything else has failed. And I think it's going to bite them in the, in the rear end. And I hope it bites them because they become the biggest do-nothing in Congress, that's, uh, I'm talking about the House of Representatives, that, that's ever been put, put down. They will not do the people's business. They're obsessed with getting rid of Trump. You know, I understand a lot of people don't like his style, don't like what he's done, but when you look at what he's done for this country, the lowest unemployment in history, the, the, the stock market is soaring, the successes that this man has walked into and created for this country, and to think that the Democrats can't beat him at the ballot box, so they have to take him out with this nonsense, I, is Joe, unbelievable. I, um, That's not the I, issue. I, first of all, it's not the issue, but second of all, I think just the opposite. I think Nancy Pelosi, up until 
until this last week has showed great restraint. Right. Uh, many individual Democrats have been calling, and I would agree with Joe that individual Democrats have been calling for it. But as the leader, um, I think she has shown the most leadership in her entire tenure uh, as the Speaker of the House on this issue. She held back. Uh, she said, we want to continue with the people's business and not have a sideshow until something this significant and this um, cooperated. This is a cooperated evidence. This isn't some, uh, some, you know, somebody just saying they don't like Trump or they don't like the fact that he's rude and obnoxious, which of course we know he is. But this is somebody talking about real specific things involving national security. Very, very different than, than the issues up to this point. So I disagree. Many people have thought that she's reacting to the radical right uh, left of the party, the Democratic Party, and she's really not. What happened was, as Eva said, she held back. And then most recently, because of this new revelation with regard to this interview, this conversation with the Ukraine president, um, she listened to the moderates, the ones that have the most to lose, the ones in Michigan and Pennsylvania, the places where Trump won overwhelmingly in their district, that they may lose their seats. They're the ones that are now coming forward. So uh, while I fully agree with Joe that there's a lot of uh, angst on both sides, the extremes on both sides, this is now more of a centrist moderate movement within the Democratic Party. And it's based not about the other things that we've heard from Joe about, but also, and more importantly, about this meeting, this conversation with the president and what went on. This memo that came out yesterday, we're taping this Thursday morning, came out on Wednesday, was stunning. Stunning in terms of its revelation and what was implicated within it. It alone is not grounds for impeachment. That's why you need to have the inquiry. It alone cannot be the sole reason for impeaching the president. But with substantiation of other things or lack of it, they either go forward or don't. I don't think they can go forward solely on this memorandum itself. Bob makes a good point. We're taping on a Thursday. They expect the whistleblower's complaint to eventually be declassified. It may be by the time you watch this. So we don't know at this snapshot in time. But, based but, on, But they've right. already said that the whistleblower had third-party information, and there's nothing any different that he knows that didn't come out in the in the transcript of the conversation. You can't, you can't, we don't know that until it comes forward, and I would agree with you. If it's a third party or second party, being pretty familiar with corruption and whistleblowers, that is very difficult to kind of prove. So what you really need to have is something that is hard, fast evidence. You're right in that respect. But if they come forward with hard, fast evidence, information, whether it's first party witnesses that came before or were in that room, that they interview and that testify before the Congress, that's a different story than a third party coming forward. You know what? And the bottom the line is, is this is, the bottom line is, is this is real. This isn't, a, you know, a bunch of political people talking and, and yelling and screaming about Trump and, and not liking this and not. This is real. This is this is something that well, deserves a further. Well, it's real in your further, mind, Eva. It's well, not real in a lot of other well, people's minds. Well, it's it's, so it's, it, 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 it's it's how you see it. You see it as this is a big deal. I see it as the Democrats. This is just one more thing for them to jump on. Bob already said he doesn't think it's an impeachable offense. I don't think it's an impeachable offense. That alone, but by you itself. have to look at it. You have to look. At, listen, we we have to delve into the facts <laughs> and circumstances. You're not going to get that from one phone transcript. You had a vice president. 
United States That's threaten threaten the Ukrainian president to withhold funds, and he bragged about it on tape. You can watch the play of him bragging about it that while is, his son is, is on the board. The issue. But you know what? That is not the What gives the Democrats the, no credibility no, is they don't care about it. We don't care about the, the credibility the, extorting money. The Let's credi- talk about Trump. the credibility, Joe, will be in the evidence. Not the Democrats or Republicans yelling and screaming about what Trump is good or what he's bad, whatever it may be. It is the evidence with regard to this uh, favor giving that he's talking about. It will be evidence with he regard to... He never talked about favor. Yes, he, he did. Just said, it's in the transcript. You've got to do me a favor. Could you do me a favor? Well, well, that's how is that different from doing a favor? If you're going to extort from it somebody, like you don't say, could you do me a favor? You say, I need Come on, this Joe. done. Come on, Joe. Tomatoes, tomatoes, Joe. Right. A favor. It's a favor for giving away. The president of the United States says, can you do me a favor? I'm not. House of Representatives in Washington, which has been obsessed with trying to get rid of Trump (coughs) since the day he got elected. And you're ignoring all the good things. What about the Senate and Mitch McConnell and the things that he's held up? I mean, and talk about he's not holding up anything that's passable. They will not work on gun control. They will not work on the border, border control. They don't. The Democrats don't want to work on anything because they don't want to give Trump any credit. But you know what? Trump is the kind of guy he plows right through everybody and that's why people love him. So do you have concerns with all of this and who knows where it's going to wind up that in some of the states that he took like Ohio, Pennsylvania, you look at the ones you know Hillary Clinton didn't go there, North Carolina is a swing state, that we've heard some stories now that, that the people who voted for the president in 2016 are now having maybe some buyer's regret. Does he have to worry about those are the voters who really he's going to be oh, worried so about? Oh, so let's elect I mean, somebody that base. wants to bring socialism to the country and, and open the borders, don't put a fence up, don't control the people that come in. That's what we're running against. I can't, I'm thinking I'm living in bizarro world when I listen to the Democratic platform. I think Trump can win this election if he went to sleep for the next year and a half. You're going to hear a lot about socialism. That's going to be a, yeah. you know, beating the drum on socialism. What do the Democrats have to do? Because I heard, I watched a national story from somebody yesterday saying, I'm not wild about what the president's doing, but I don't like the alternatives either. Well, I, I, yeah. uh, Joe, you know, I'm going to agree with you for a second, and I'm not that he could go to sleep and win again, but I think it's going to depend on who the Democrats put up that's right. uh, and elect against Trump. You I think that's going to make a decision. All the people that are running, nobody's going to come out of the woodwork. You don't have anybody on oh, that whole team. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Well, I disagree with you. If you, if you I think don't, I don't some of the most articulate, someone that is as uh, left wing a socialist as uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, yeah, she's going to have a hard time. In they some they of can't the win. Really they, the primary is one thing, but I don't believe that they can win long term. I think Biden can. I think you have to have a more moderate or centrist position. Some people say no. You have to have someone that is more to the left of uh, or far left. I, I disagree. You I do. A, I do you think, think of that a Joe vice is president I, extorted money from the Ukrainian president. This is going to be the line that they're going to use. Joe, that's the smokescreen. That's the smokescreen. That's the smokescreen. He's not a vice president. You're using the power of the vice president, the United States, and you're threatening to withhold funds. He said it all in his own words. You just described the president the other day. You described President oh, Trump oh, and his on. phone call the other day. Did you see the cut of Biden? Of Biden I doing have. That? This is the President of the United States. The President of the United States, what you're accusing him, it's like comparing apples to, to, to I don't know I'm, what. What I'm saying is Watermelons. that the information that came down, the, t- the transcript that we saw that he released, 
clearly indicates that he was asking for a favor in return for giving them money and guns. That's I, an I totally what it is. disagree. That is a crime and that's an impeachable offense. That, but that's offense. the way you want to look at it, Bob. And I think a lot of people out there that, a lot hate, of people that hate Trump, That's let's zero in on that. All let's I'm saying, look at Joe, that. is and that you have to have more information than just that memo. In more okay, so I do think Elizabeth Warren is electable, by the way. Um, okay. I, I don't wow. think Bernie Sanders is, but I think Elizabeth Warren is electable. Is because I think that she has, uh, first of all, she's, very articulate and extremely bright. And I think that she is more moderate in terms of talking about the some of the some of the issues that sound more like socialism. I think at the beginning I've watched her through the campaign and I think that so far she has moderated it some of her a position. Bit more towards yeah, the center. more towards yeah. the center in terms of the discussions that she's having. And like anything else, that's why we have three branches of government. Right. That's why we have checks and balances. Um, I don't think Bernie Sanders is ever electable. I think he is a true socialist, whether he calls himself a democratic socialist or whatever mm -hmm. he is. I mean, I heard him at the convention. I was a I was a delegate last time uh, and I listened to him and I saw Heard, saw the people that were around him. I mean, they are true socialists. Um, but I think that uh, the Democratic Party, it's going to make a difference as to who they elect. I think there's a lot of people that are on that stage that would be really, really good um, for this country. Who is the biggest problem for, for uh, President Trump? On the I don't, I don't side. see anybody as, as a significant problem for Trump. Probably Elizabeth Warren, because I think Biden's going to be dead over this issue if the mainstream media ever decides to cover the story of extortion against the Ukraine. But you said we have three uh, branches of government. We had three branches of government. The Democrats have taught us now in Congress that when you hate a president, you start from the day he takes office to totally destroy his presidency and you keep it up every single day. That is not the way government was designed to run. They're not doing anything. They're not working for the people. And of course, we know that Do you Rhode think Island the way presidents were taught to speak to people uh, and to present themselves as the as the commander in chief so you of this don't like country. His style. And I get oh no, that. that's not, oh, it's way no, past no, style. No, 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 it's no, no, way no. past. It's disrespect. It's um, you know calling calling people names. This is the president of the United States. This somebody. Listen, I I will tell you a conversation that I had with my little grandson. I said to him, I go, oh, President Trump. He's now President Trump. He goes, that's right. And what did you say, Graham? He's the president. We have to support him. That's what happens in my house, and I think that's what happens in most houses. So I don't think the general public has been out from day one to get and, rid of Trump. And I also he think has earned, he has earned my disrespect. I also think that there is, a, to Joe's conversation, there is a, new, a saturation level that we've reached in, in America today about the Democrats and Republicans pointing their fingers at each other. Joe just described a little while ago that they said from day one, then Trump, when Trump came into office, the Democrats were opposed to him. I remember on day one of the Obama administration, Newt Gingrich organizing Republicans to be against every single piece of legislation Obama put in. Does that make it right? Either one of them. They're both wrong. The point is that we need to move forward and we need to move forward in an objective fashion. This inquiry should be not about previous or other kinds of diversions. It should be about the issue, about potential extortion of 
uh, the Ukraine, from, uh, from the president of Ukraine, for information about a political foe. All right. We need to move on to other topics, but, Joe, I'll give you the last word on this. Well, I, I disagree. Again, I've said it. I just think the Democrats have been totally focused on Trump in every little thing. The man could cure, cure cancer tomorrow, and the Democrats w- would f- find fault with it. No matter what he does, they're not going to agree with it, and, they, and they're out to kill him. They're out to get him. I don't know how the man gets up days and functions and is able to accomplish everything that he's been able to accomplish. All right. We'll have all three of you back in a couple of months, and we'll see how this is uh, this is working out. Um, across the border in Massachusetts, Governor Charlie Baker has put a four-month ban on all vaping products, and Governor Raimondo, who hinted that she might be following suit just this week, said she's going to ban e-flavored, uh, flavored e-cigarettes. Um, it, I know there's a public policy issue here, but let me bring the attorney in on this. With Charlie Baker, that's a pretty, this is a legal product. I know they're talking about potential health problems. How does that hold up legally? And you've got a lot of shops that sell these. Sure. Uh, is he on solid legal ground in I doing think this? he is. Um, anytime you raise to the level of a public health um, inquiry, if you will, uh, because that's what he's saying. He's saying, I've done the research, and, and their alternative will be to file in court to um, to take on, in, under Massachusetts law, to take on the governor uh, for making something like that. But I think he's totally on solid ground. I mean, when kids are dying, um, and especially, I, I, my kudos this week is to Governor Raimondo for what she did. Because Don't get ahead of yourself on the kudos. I, I'm just saying, when when you look at this issue and, and look at their, their marketing products right to kids, I mean, it's Tobacco 101. It's going backwards so far when, um, you know, these same companies are coming out and say, calling it, like, Bubble gum and watermelon. Come on, they're not they're not reaching 21 plus people on on those issues. So I think he's on solid legal ground. I think it is a public health awareness. Do we have to wait until it becomes a a kids a, more kids are dying from this? No, we have to get involved early. I, you know, I think that there's a lot of questions right now that need to be answered, and I'm not sure they've been answered. But I, I think when you go ahead and basically he's saying it's a four-month ban, if you're going to ban it for four months, you're going to put a lot of people out of business. I really think that they should have done something a little more controlled and not just getting rid of flavors because if you talk to these people that sell the products, they will tell you the only reason why they sell is because of flavors. So basically both governors have put every that's in this business out of business because there's no way they can sit back and really have no income for four months. So I would have hoped that they would have had more information. Are the, are the flavors coming from foreign sources? And that's the biggest question that I have because it's like having illegal drugs. If you have illegal drugs coming in, we don't know who made them. We don't know what level of strength they have. And I'm talking even prescription drugs that people sell as legal uh, legal drugs. It's ironic that some people might be going back to cigarettes. I think that's a small percentage because it's mainly kids who are vaping. But I'm stunned about my kids are uh, now out of college, but I'm stunned about I get emails from people saying sixth, seventh, eighth graders vaping in school. It's just it, the whole thing about vaping is is uh, terrible for, with regard to our kids. But I have to agree with Eva. I think that it's necessary. I think it's important that we recognize that this is a health hazard. You stop what you're doing and let's say analyze it. I I can sense it, be sensitized by what Joe is saying. You're putting people out of business. But if those people 
being put out of business versus saving a, a child, I'd much rather save the child than worry about the business. And you know, the business part, to your point, Joe, in terms of the research that's involved, my guess is, is that they've been proprietary about what's in their vaping. Right. So that there's no way to do an inquiry except doing extreme means, and that is shut them down. And then get their if attention. In fact, that's right, that gets their attention. So if in fact, it's something that is a, you know of the right strength and not gonna be addictive, and all the other things that go into it, then at that point, I think that Governor Baker will probably take a look again and say, okay, this is something that we can do for adults, as long as it's not marketed to children. Uh, same thing in Rhode Island. Uh, but there's no way to get that information because they all say it's proprietary. So it's not proprietary. We're not going to tell you what we're doing or how we're making it or where we're getting the, getting the goods from, but just trust us. Well, didn't we do that before with opioids, with tobacco, with you name it, yep. right? We'll see where it goes. Um, Governor Raimondo made an appearance, lost in all of this, was Governor Raimondo made an appearance before a House committee this week on the IGT contract. Joe, we haven't had you here since this. I know you sat in that uh, chamber for a very long time. What is your view looking from the out, inside looking? And Governor Raimondo clearly wants this. She's up there lobbying herself. Where do you think this is going to go with IG? Well, I think what she's doing is she's pushing very hard for legislation to come out of uh, out of the House this year to appear before the Finance Committee to maybe just justify or or solidify her decision to uh, to stop the flavors from being sold. So, at what level she wants the House to take it, I, I think it, it probably would be to totally uh, totally eliminate it. Yeah. What do you think, Bob? You're, you're talking about uh, IGT. 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 Yep. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. You're talking about the vaping right away. The, the flavor of the day. No, IGT. <laughs> IGT. I got you focused on the vaping. Yeah, you got Joe. me on the vaping. That's sorry right. about that. No, no problem. No, IGT. I think that she's right. I, I hate to say it, but I think she's right on this issue. The, the IGT is a local company. They started in Rhode Island. Their success story comes out of Rhode Island. There's only three competitors probably worldwide. Why would we give it to an outside firm unless the numbers are so dramatically different that it's worth doing this? But they would have to be dramatically different and the savings would have to be tremendous in order to take it away from the local company. I, I, I side with the local company, but I, I really do think you need to have transparency. There is a way of bidding this that may not be a 20-year contract, but in five-year segments or increments so that you can accomplish the same thing. One of the most difficult things is to be able to guarantee 20 years down the road a thousand jobs staying in Rhode Island unless there is some way of reviewing and bonding it and insuring it and that's not going to happen it never does I would prefer to have something that would be five-year uh, contract that I bid on and have in there uh, clauses or requirements with regard to the retaining of jobs in Rhode Island and other things that would entice and enhance Rhode Island's position when more than likely IGT would be the only company that would be the best qualified to win that bid. But I do believe it's important to be more transparent. Uh, Don Kachuri in 2003 or 2004 mm. signed that original contract and it's been good. Uh, for the state of Rhode Island. And so there's always the feeling, let's just continue doing the, the right thing. 
the same thing. Uh, but I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. I think it'd be better to be bid on in a more transparent fashion. Can I give you an early outrage? Because I usually don't do outrages. They got this ridiculous radio ad on from <laughs> yeah. some guy who uses the word ain't twice, all right? And he's like, he's one of us. Us, Rhode Island, we Rhode Islanders yeah. have been through a lot. The guy's probably in some booth in Texas, like, recording. And he says, and... $281 million ain't enough. I want to go against whatever he's proposing just because yeah. of that radio ad. So whoever's doing that ad, retract the ad. That's just my little Well, you know, um, I, you've heard it, the ad, it's right? It's interesting. I've heard it and I've heard it a lot. And what bothers me is that it downgrades what the general public is. And so I agree with Bob on the transparency part. I don't want to be in 2019 told that we're doing anything for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to see the process. I mean, I still remember the technology, right? And I still remember 38 Studios, okay? I I'm not going to go back to it, but what I'm saying is Governor Raimondo should understand that the process has to be open. In the end, I think that the speaker and the and the majority leader and the um, and the Senate president are, are going to go along with the deal because I think it's a good deal. The problem is we didn't know anything about it. Yeah, the way and who is the governor to say, oh, just trust me, I'm going to this will be good for Rhode Island. I'm going to sign it and do it. And I'm going to have a guy in my office negotiate it. And we'll see in 20 years. That's not the and way don't it look works. look at the man behind the curtain. Their transparency is, is really a basic essential part of government today. And there needs to be more transparent. I just say that there's provisions you could provide in the bidding documents that would really enhance Rhode Island's position, get the best qualified uh, firm in there. If it's IGT, it's IGT. And make sure that the terms that are in there are going to be enhancing jobs in Rhode Island, securing jobs in Rhode Island, and doing all those things. But you can do that in a, in a bid package that's not unusual. It, it's done all the time. And keeping jobs in Rhode Island, as that's you say, right. that's the biggest thing. Everybody can look forward but, to it for years. You're all making the assumption, and I'm not making that assumption because I've seen contracts come and go with EDC. And most of those contracts uh, certainly spell out, you have to keep em employees, you have to keep X amount, and we're going to audit you X amount of times. And I would hope that all that is in this contract Agreed. agreement, right. which Agreed. will then be presented to the House Finance Committee for approval. Once they approve it, it's going to go before the, the general body for a vote. At that point in time, everybody has a chance to see right. the contract. Right. Now, it's but what, what is the harm with competition? Uh, I'm not saying there's any to competition and I would like to see other other figures and that's the only way you're going to know True, right. is it dramatically that's different right. that's, that's the right. point that's which the, is my what I point is about with regard to providing the provisions that will ensure the jobs for Rhode Island but also be transparent enough to make sure that Rhode Islanders are safe all right let's get to uh the official outrages now that I've gotten mine out of the way <laughs> Joe do you have an outrage this week I think my biggest outrage, and I, I thought we were going to get into the subject, we may get into it at some point, is is what's going on in the Providence schools. I think everybody's looking at the walls aren't this, this not clean, it's not, uh, it's not, we're not taking care of security, we're, we're doing all these problems with the schools. Well, the kids went back to school, and the schools were all clean and neat, and everything was in good shape, and all the people that had an opportunity to audit it. But here's what ha it, the biggest problem is there is no discipline, there's no accountability in the schools, and until we put that back, it's just going to be a three-ring circus. Kids eat food and throw their scraps on the floor. Teacher told me that just this week. And, and there's no regard for their other people. 
And it's all, it, it all goes back to bad parenting, and it goes back to this liberal progressive mentality that we can't correct anybody. We can't say, pick up your food, or there's going to be consequences to what you're actually All right, we've got just a couple minutes left. Bob, what do you have? I know maybe it may seem own, but it's Antonio Brown. Uh, such an outrageous disgrace. An individual has great talent and just abused that talent, abused people, and just embarrassed everybody that was associated with him. He's, it's outrageous that a person like that could actually make millions of dollars when there are people that are really trying to make a, a, a reasonable, good living, and they can't even get a decent uh, wage, a decent job. Antonio Brown was a disgrace to the New England Patriots. Uh, at first, I hoped that he would turn himself around. After about two days, he did not. He's a disgrace to the NFL. He shouldn't play football. He should not do anything of that nature that would put him in the position that he could influence children. What do you have, Eva? Well, um, as to Providence Schools, um, and I give kudos um, to our new commissioner and to my successor, Barbara Cottom, for sitting down with the governor and, and coming up with a plan together for Providence Schools. So um, I was godly optimistic in the beginning, and I really think that um, Commissioner uh, not, Infante Commissioner Green, Infante yeah. Green is going to uh, is is going to be successful. I mean, I've, so far what I've seen, she's she's held her ground, uh, she stepped forward, and I think that that I'm hoping that we're going to have some changes. Right. We could do a whole show on any of these topics, so we'll clear your calendars. We'll get you all back, and we'll maybe <laughs> have an hour, folks. Uh, it is a quick thirty minutes. Thank you for joining us, Eva and Bob and Joe. Nice to have you back, and we hope you can join us back here next week as a lively experiment continues. Have a great week, everybody. Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.